Hello and welcome to the Retromancer Podcast, a podcast about our return to Netrunner. My name is Thrasnos, or Nate. And I'm Steve, or also known as Oddball. Thanks for joining our first episode. So how did we get here, Steven? Well, recently, I noticed that the fan collective that's sort of continuing Netrunner, Project Nisei, came out with a new starter deck. And kind of reignited our passion and reminded us why we loved the game. So before we get started, uh, let's just talk about what is it that you love about Netrunner, Steven? Oh man, well, I think it should just be really described as like an asymmetrical game, almost like of hide and seek. One side is trying to hide the agendas, the other side is trying to find them, but you get to spice it up and make your own decks and you have different factions. Sure, yeah. What do you think? What what makes it different than any other game? Netrunner is very different from every other card game I've ever played. Um, I think the thing that draws me the most to it and makes me enjoy it is that ultimately Netrunner is a is a card game about playing your opponent as much as it is about playing their deck. And the deck informs the gameplay, but it doesn't dictate the gameplay, which is something I see happen in a lot of other games that makes me feel like I have reduced agency. Um, and Netrunner, always, there's always a lot of choices to make, at least as the runner. And... Um, and I love that. I always, I love that. I always feel like I have an out, one way or another. I like that. That's a really great take. Um, just kind of riffing on that. I, I feel like uh, even though right now, as we get out of sort of COVID times, just the thrill of like when you're sitting across from the table, sweating bullets because you're like, does he know that I'm completely bluffing, that this is a trap? <laughs> or you know that this ice is nothing or or maybe i have just enough credits to res that really cheap thing to protect the the server yeah totally feel you on that i oh. think you very yeah that's fantastic all right so give me the details on nisei's new introductory experience oh yeah so when i was looking for some of the content they made, I noticed that I think in late March, early April, they came out with sort of like a new kind of starter deck thing called uh, System Gateway. And then they also kind of combined it with kind of like a, a core set, bringing back some staple cards uh, called System Update 2021. And um didn't just have like redesigned and tweaked old cards. It had new stuff too. How'd you feel about the games that we played? Uh, what did you think about like the, the decks that we kind of found? Yeah. So uh, we grabbed some, we grabbed some decks that you found online. What was the guy's name? Zandorius. I think it was uh, Zandorius. Yep, that was him. Zandorius were... published some starter decks on Netrunner DB. So we skipped the straight gateway experience where you play with just the starter decks, and we played with uh, Zandorius's decks, which are actually 
still starter decks, but they have some faction splashing in them. Um, and uh, it was a really exciting experience. I haven't really played Netrunner for a while. And so, um, you know, there were definitely some cards there that I recognized. And there were some cards that were very obvious reprints of um, former cards, uh, slightly tweaked. Uh, and I had a really good time. Um, I felt like the decks were really exciting. And um, I feel like they honed in on the faction identities really nicely. Yeah, and it kind of gave us a taste of uh, sort of the new takes that Nisei was taking. So it's still COVID times, but uh, we were able to play on Jinteki.net. So it was really smooth. Uh, we're kind of still waiting for actual physical copies that we've gotten printed of the the startup format. But uh, just being able to, you know, play play online just really kind of revitalize our passion for the game and um it's been a long time since we played i think it's been like three or four years at least uh other than maybe a few starter decks that you and i or or uh kind of dual decks you created yeah i did assemble some dueling decks that i found online um and i carry them with me everywhere i go in case someone's willing to entertain playing netrunner with me mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, have you heard of Netrunner, our Lord and Savior? <laughs> uh, and I had a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of the the core kind of critical moments uh, were definitely are definitely still there. Um, and it's hard not to be enamored with that, you know, that core Netrunner experience of, uh, you know, there's a lot of tension all the time, um, and it really kind of keeps its thrill all the way up to the very end of the game. Uh, so I was really pleased with what uh with what i saw so nate after, after we played these decks um what are your thoughts on sort of the startup format and the different uh system gateway and system update cards that we played with uh so i thought the design team did uh, a really excellent job sort of refactoring the original design goals of android netrunner utilizing the years of experience that we've all had playing the game. Um, so for example, uh, the one that struggles, uh, comes to mind is, um, the removal of scorched earth, uh, and kind of Wayland's identity as the, uh, meat damage kill faction. Um, so, uh, the card we played with was called clearing house and, um, it's essentially an advanceable trap uh, that can kill the runner. Um, and it's not an event-based trap like Seasource was. Um, and I, I was really pleased with the design because I think originally Wayland was always supposed to be a build faction, um, not, not a, a rush faction. More like Green is in Magic, where they're very strong, very right. forward, but they're also very... Um, they're not very subtle in their actions. And obviously that's uh, still a key part of Netrunner, but if you had to pick any faction to be uh, not subtle, it's going to be Wayland, right? And so um, I, I loved the idea of them implementing uh, the meat damage into an asset that needs to be protected because that fits very well with the other theme of Wayland, which is about um, building building infrastructure. And those two themes were always in competition i think in the original netrunner and so 
I think this is going to work out better long term um, because I think the competition between those two design archetypes kind of worked against Wayland. Interesting. And, and kind of, do you feel like, I think it was Clearinghouse was the asset, sort of, it's like a trap. You have to run it to dis, to diffuse it, but you might waste your resources to get to it, right? Yeah, and it really rewards the corp for building like a really strong, powerful remote, um, which is important because that's the only way that they can really score their big fat agendas, which, um, you know, that's very Wayland is they have big gaudy agendas that do really big ambitious things and you can't score those with a, a tiny remote. So I think Clearinghouse plays really well into building a remote and rewards you either way. Yeah, that's a great, great explanation. Do you feel like um, some of the agendas that also were in the deck were pretty neat too? Because there was, I think, one of them was a startup one. Uh, there was one that if it was scored or stolen, you could res ice. And I think the other one was uh, if it was scored, you could kill a program, trash a program. And if the runner wanted to steal it they had to trash one of their programs yeah it's the rig shooter agenda um which sds drone deployment which has always been super powerful i played with it a little bit when it first came out and it was uh <laughs> it was a little bit of a game changer um one of the things i've been most impressed with is that it was basically the very end of netrunner's life where it really came into its own uh, on the design of three-point agendas. I mean, it took us probably five years before we really started figuring out, like, three-point agendas are just a liability for the corp, and no nobody in their right mind would run them except for Future Perfect. Um, and then, then we came up with Global Food Initiative, and then FFG realized, oh, yeah, defensive 3-5 agendas, got it. Um, and then they started exploring more around that idea. So SDS protects itself uh, by forcing the runner to trash a program um early game which is really good it fits very well with the destroyer uh rig shooter sort of identity of wayland and then it also yeah. um gives you a, a pretty decent reward not as good as some other ones obviously uh when you score it which is which is fantastic the other, a little payoff yeah uh the other mechanic that i wanted to mention that i thought um <clears throat> was really shocking was the redesign of tag punishment um and this has always been a really contentious point about netrunner's design is sort of the what does being tagged mean um and, and like you know for a long time it was just like you died instantly which is not the best and then you yeah. know burying the runner in tags that needs to mean things and you know we've been really the designers and the players both have been really struggling to just find out exactly where that is. And so they removed Scorched Earth and um, in the VN deck, uh, they added uh, just basically weaker, weaker tag punishment tools. Uh, the card I think was um, called Retribution, which is a Wayland card and it says trash a runner card, um, which yeah. is still obviously very powerful, uh, but not lose the game powerful and that's fantastic and by making the game not end when the runner gets tags now it's more okay to maybe try to survive floating tags yeah and and uh obviously i think the the expanded card pool with like retribution 
not uh, and retribution was the one I think in start systems uh, system gateway. It was a uh, punitive counter strike they brought back where you steal an agenda. You know I'm going to try to trace you and you know do as much damage as you stole, um, which I think is a great little mechanic to bring back. Yeah, I mean, and it fits really well into um, Wayland still doing a lot of meat damage, but the condition is a lot, a lot more balanced. I think we always sort of felt that way uh, about punitive. It was a much more balanced way of sort of meat damage or win condition from hand. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. And uh, I also felt like the IDs that were in the um, system gateway were kind of fun. They're forty card decks, so you can run smaller decks and you don't have to do as much complicated deck building, uh, especially with uh, your agenda density or agendas you run. Yeah. thought that was a neat way. The, uh, none of the IDs seemed super game-breaking. Like the NBN one was on either turn, you know, you gain two credits or draw two cards if the runner gets tagged for mm -hmm. the first time. Um, what was the Wayland one again that you really liked? Gain two credits the first time you advance a card basically it, and it didn't have to have it, it had no counter on the first it, right? the first time you advance an unadvanced card you get two credits back so it's uh credit neutral from an opportunity cost perspective as if you had clicked for a credit it's fantastic okay yeah that was uh it seemed really good yeah um the only one that i thought was maybe a little weaker we tried the jinteki deck and just um it was there wasn't as much stuff to punish you for running archives, so it was hard for me to keep a face down card. You were also yeah. running criminal that game, so you were just yeah. running archives as much as you could. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. So I was really impressed um, overall with uh, with their design and uh, kind of really clearly laying out uh, what the color pies are. Um, maybe being a little less ambitious um <clears throat> with how many mechanics are in each color pie uh and saying nbn is about tags they're very focused around tags they're not about fast advance anymore because it's a little bit uh, if you put too many things into a faction's color pie you risk one eclipsing all the others and you know invalidating a huge part of the card pool which is what we saw in netrunner's you know original life yeah and uh, another thing I thought that was kind of neat that gave uh, the corpse all kind of a cool thing was that each of them got a, a unique 3-2 agenda. Like the Jin Techies was that longevity serum where they had a one per deck limit on the three advancements and uh, two points where you could trash any cards from your hand and then shuffle three cards from your archives. So that was oh, like man. a cool... Yeah, that was a really cool effect. So it repoisons uh, your R and D with snares. Exactly. Yeah, uh, which is or, which has been a thing yeah. that uh, you know Jinteki needed. It's a very core part of their gameplay. Yeah, uh, and even just looking at it as a limited card pool and less of hey, this is a really cool thing to put into a more expanded standard format that they have going with Nisei. Um, I thought that was a really neat, simple thing, and I think just looking at the other factions like. Uh, the HB one that was limit one per deck, um, you gained three clicks after you scored it, but you couldn't score any more agendas. So you could do some really powerful effects, and yeah, uh, but you you couldn't fast advance out another agenda that turn after you scored it. Yeah, well, I said you can't score agendas, right? 
Yeah, that one. It was a uh, luminal trans subsidiation. I might say that butcher that, but um... <laughs> butcher shop. Yeah. <laughs> when you score this agenda, gain three clicks. You cannot score agendas for the remainder of the turn. Limit one per deck. So definitely go. like a very powerful, very HB effect, which is neat. Um, and the runners were pretty cool too, but I feel like the runners uh, uh, had really strong IDs that really kind of epitomized certain aspects of each faction. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on the runners? Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I, I thought that they were, you know, I mean, they're kind of, the one that was the real big uh different one was the uh the shaper id um which seemed very powerful almost kind of like a shaper version of leela uh okay and it, it it fits very well into their sort of faction identity of ultimate control uh you know yeah. they say i'm going to i'm going to sacrifice the early game to have ultimate late game control um and that i think is is very well into the shaper identity um so i was very impressed by that and you know criminals reward you for running i thought that was a really cool design um and anarchs reward you for trashing which i think fits very well as well yeah and they had some self-trashing cards they added like the the console that lets you trash two cards from your hand to when you're accessing a card to basically trash anything uh, the card you're accessing i mean but which is wonderful yeah yeah so nate i think this is a good fun first episode it's probably time we uh wrap this up and end the run <laughs> what did uh you want to record next time um i'm pretty excited to just do deck building with uh this card pool in the startup format so uh i'm not really familiar with a lot of the stuff that's come out in the last you know year so um I'm really excited by the idea to keep it to a limited card pool. And I've liked the cards I've seen so far. So uh, let's next time, let's uh, let's just play some games uh, over the course of the next few weeks and uh, see what the pool looks like and uh, see how it goes. I'm pretty excited. Great. I'm excited too, Nate. Hope to see you all next time. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>